You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35. Would you read with me beginning in verse 35 down through the end of the chapter? Matthew 9 verse 35. Ready? Begin. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to uh, convey these truths to these dear people this morning. Lord, as you have spoken to me about these. Lord, this theme I've had on my heart for some months... And Lord, this passage, this text, Lord, for several months, but Lord, I pray that you would help us not to miss the scripture that is before us. And may we not miss this account of Jesus and what he did for souls and what he did to reach the lost and dying. Lord, I pray that you would help us to get a burden like Jesus had. I pray that we would have a burden for souls that we might be able to share the good news of the gospel with people around us. Lord, I pray that this year for our church, we would get back on focus and be reminded that we are here to fulfill the great commission, that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I pray that you do something in our hearts together this morning, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing, you may be seated. We see in this passage, and I'm gonna go quickly, number one, I see the places. Notice the places where Jesus went. The Bible says, and Jesus went about, verse 35, all. Jesus went to everybody. Jesus did not discriminate based upon someone's social status. Jesus did not discriminate based upon someone's race. As a matter of fact, we see in, in uh, the Gospels where Jesus, he stopped to talk to the woman at the well. She was shocked that Jesus would even talk to her because socially and racially she was different than Jesus was. But can I tell you, Jesus went to every city. He went to every village. He went to everybody to share the good news with all the people. It says he went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. Now that's interesting because you would think that Jesus would not have to go to the religious people. You'd think the religious people would already have it figured out. Can I tell you, religion does not save anybody. Let me make sure that's very clear and make sure you didn't miss that. Religion doesn't save anybody. Going to church doesn't get you to heaven. Those are not the same. Now, going to church is a great thing to do because you are going to heaven. Going to church is a great thing to do because you do love Jesus. 
But going to church doesn't get you to heaven. Getting baptized doesn't get you to heaven. You see, the people in the synagogues, they may have been religious, but just because a person is religious doesn't mean they're saved. The truth is that might be a greater indication that they need the Lord because they're trusting in their religion. But Jesus went everywhere. The Bible tells us in Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came looking for people. Jesus came looking for you. I'm glad that Jesus still saves in Roanoke Rapids. I'm glad Jesus still saves in Gaston. I'm glad he still saves in Littleton and Halifax and Weldon and Garysburg and Gaston and wherever else you may live. And if I didn't mention your, your city, he still saves there because he saves everywhere. Can I tell you, I'm glad we run buses at Victory Baptist Church. We've been talking a lot about it. I'm glad we run buses because can I tell you, Jesus saves the boys and girls and the teenagers and the parents that ride on buses just like he saves somebody that pulls in in a Cadillac to this parking lot. Jesus loves everybody. Jesus saves everybody. Jesus saves the people on the mission fields that these mission boards in the hallway represent. Jesus saves in every city. He saves in every country. He saves on every continent. He saves whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus still saves, and he saves anybody anywhere. I'm so glad Jesus is in the saving business. You see, we're talking about souls this year and specifically this morning, but I want to establish the fact that everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs to be saved. You see, everybody in this auditorium, you will spend eternity somewhere. When you breathe your last breath, you will enter eternity either in a place called heaven or a place called hell. And can I tell you, it's forever. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's no reincarnation. There's no state of, uh, of limbo. There's no, well, if you, if you go you know, to hell, eventually you'll work your way to heaven. Absolutely not. The Bible says when you die, that is appointed to men once to die, and after this, the judgment, and you will spend eternity in heaven, or you will spend eternity in hell. Every person on planet earth today, in a hundred years, they will be in eternity somewhere. Can I tell you, that's why souls are so important. I was telling the early service, I just, I got thinking about this this morning. When I went to Bible college in 1997, uh, my family had moved to Geneseo, Illinois when I was, uh, had six weeks left of my junior year of high school. Uh, we had been in Rockford, Illinois. Rockford was a city of about 150,000, and there were some rough parts in Rockford. There were some nice parts there. It was a big city. We moved to Geneseo, Illinois. Geneseo, Illinois, you hear me talk about it. It's just a little dot on the map. It's a, a farming community. It's a bedroom community. A lot of the folks that retired from John Deere headquarters in Moline, Illinois, a lot of them would move there. Geneseo was Mayberry. And I know people use that term. I'm serious. Geneseo, Illinois was Mayberry. Mom, is this not true? When we moved to Geneseo, the people could not find house keys. They didn't, they didn't have house keys. They said, we don't lock our doors. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not making this up. We don't have house keys. The garage, they said, we've never had a key for that. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't lock the garage if we wanted to. They didn't have it. And you know why? You, you look in the paper, 
during the week, uh, once a week, that paper came out. You know what the, 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 the police blotter, you know what it had to say? So-and-so's dog was barking too loudly. Police had to go check it out. Once in a while, once in a while, it get real bad. Brother Scott, I mean, once in a while, it get real bad. I'm talking about vandalism, like somebody would throw eggs at somebody's house. And boy, that was big news. That made big news in Geneseo, Illinois. Can I, you say, well, 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 do people in Mayberry need Jesus? You better believe they do. Do people in a small, uh, uh, nice retirement, do, do those people need Jesus? You better believe they do. I went to Bible college, moved from Geneseo, Illinois, went to Bible college in Santa Clara, California. I got there, and in Bible college, one of the first things that they would do is they'd, they'd uh, assign you to a ministry. So everybody needs to be in a ministry. And I said, well, sign me up. And so I had a friend of mine who was already there, uh, Brother Dan, who's your roommate one year, Brother Beecher Williams. And uh, he was starting a brand new bus route about 20 minutes from the college, just north uh, from Santa Clara up in East Palo Alto, California. Now, I'm a Bible college student. I'm 18 years old. I don't, we didn't have Google back then. We didn't have all this, you know, you can research everything and all that. I didn't know that East Palo Alto, California, this is 1997, I didn't know in 1992 it was the homicide capital of the United States of America. I had no idea. I'm probably glad I didn't know, or my mom probably would have said, what are you doing up there? But we went to that place, and I'm telling you, I had never been to a mission field, but I felt like that's what I was seeing. I went there, and there were apartment buildings. Some of y'all were on some of those areas and some of those bus routes. I'm telling you, there were places where you thought, I can't believe people live like this. Can I tell you what those people need? They need Jesus. You say, but what if, what if, they, what if there's drugs and what if there's violence and all that? Yeah, those people need Jesus. You say, but what if somebody's got it all together and they've got a good job and everything seems like it's fine? They need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. In every place, in every city, in every village, Jesus went to find people that needed him. That's why our church runs buses, and I'm glad we do. That's why our church goes out soul winning, and I'm glad we do. That's why our church has missionaries that we support, because people need Jesus everywhere. That's why your neighborhood needs Jesus. That's why your school needs Jesus. That's why we go to the jails because the jails people need Jesus. That's why we go to the big places and the small places and we go to the religious places. We're commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Did you know you can't give the gospel to the wrong person? You say, well, they're already saved. Well, good. Maybe to encourage them to share that with somebody else. You share the gospel. You say, somebody might get upset. Friend, I don't want people to get upset, but I don't want people to go to hell either. And people need the Lord everywhere. I'm glad that Jesus came by where I lived when I was about four years old. 229 Victory Street. I'm glad I had a mom and a dad that cared enough to share Jesus with me. You say, well, I don't think children can understand it. Well, I know this. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I needed Jesus. I knew that he died on the cross for me. And friend, I want to tell you, I'm glad that Jesus is still in the saving business. He'll save your soul. He'll save your family. He'll save your neighbor. He'll save anybody that'll call on him. 
But we must be burdened for souls, number one. The places, number two, I see the preaching. The Bible says in verse 35 that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, I'm all for, I'm all for 10 steps to a better you in 2020. Good for you. Wonderful. I'm all for, you know, how to save money and how to lose weight and how to be healthy and how to, how to be a, have a higher IQ. Wonderful. That's all great. But can I tell you why we're going into all the world? We're going all into all the world because we've got the message of the gospel. And this message, my friend, is powerful. It's the preaching of the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. You say, I, I, I'm scared or I'm nervous or I'm afraid of, of talking to somebody that I don't know. I'm afraid of talking to a coworker or I'm afraid of talking to a neighbor. Well, they may shoot down your ideas. You may go over and say, well, here's what I do to make my, my lawn grow thicker. And here's what I do to wash my car better. And here's what I, they may shoot down those ideas. But they can't shoot down the power of the gospel. Because the power of the gospel is the power to save and the power to save a soul from hell and the power to forgive sins. And when we go into all the world, we're going to preach the gospel. That's what we do with the bus ministry. A bus ministry is not just a transportation ministry, although I'm glad we bring people to church. But there's a purpose for that. That purpose is we want people to be saved. We want people to hear the gospel. Number one is the places. Number two is the preaching of the gospel. There's power in the word of God. Number three, I see the people. It says in verse number 35 that he went to all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he saw the people and he saw that they were multitudes and he saw that they were people that needed help. They needed something. These were people who were sick and these were people that had diseases. But greater than their need of healing was their need of a savior. Greater than their need of a doctor was their need of salvation. And Jesus saw the people. Friend, I want to tell you, we got to open our eyes in 2020 and we've got to start seeing people that are all around us. Let's be honest. We, we can all get tunnel vision really easy, can't we? I'm only thinking about me and my family and my work and everybody else needs to get out of my way, you know? Just leave me alone. Friend, I want to tell you, we're here. God left us here because there's people that need the Lord. There's people that need to know that Jesus is the answer. There are people everywhere that need our help. There are multitudes of people. Number four, I see the passion. The Bible says, when he saw the multitudes, verse 36, he was moved with compassion on them. Jesus saw the people and Jesus himself was moved with compassion. I'm glad that somebody cared enough to share the gospel with me. I'm glad somebody cared enough to share the gospel with my mom. I'm glad somebody cared enough to share the gospel with my dad. By the way, it was somebody who came and knocked on my dad's door when he was a teenager. 
and invited my dad and his brothers and his sister, invited him to church and said, would you like to come and ride a church bus to come and uh, come to Sunday school? I'm so glad somebody cared enough. It's compassion that makes the difference. But I wonder this morning, what has happened to our passion for souls? What has happened to our burden for the lost? What has happened to our burden to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior? We are passionate about a lot of things, and I hope you are passionate. I hope you've had a great start to 2020, and some of you are getting real passionate right now about your sports teams, and we've got the uh, NCAA uh, uh, football going on, and we got the NFL, and uh, March Madness is coming, and all that stuff. But friend, I want to tell you what's more important than March Madness, it's souls. It's the theme of Victory Baptist Church in 2020. It's souls that need Jesus. Where's your passion? The love of Christ ought to motivate us. The love of Christ ought to burden us and give us compassion for souls. But how about you? Where is your passion? Number five, I see the predicament. It says in verse number 36 that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Here's why. Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He said in verse 37, the harvest truly is plenteous. Now, he's not talking about the, the, the crops out in the field now. Jesus is not talking about the corn. He's not talking about the grain. When he's talking about the harvest, Jesus is talking about the souls of men and women and boys and girls that are perishing. And if they don't get the gospel in time, they will spend forever in a place called hell. Can I tell you, that's a predicament. That is a problem. That is something that needs to be addressed. You see, people are not just hurting in 2020. People are perishing. You see, people are not just having a rough time. People are trading their lives away, trying to find happiness and trying to find peace. And drugs are destroying lives. It, it's, you say, oh, it's Roanoke Rapids. I got to get out of Roanoke Rapids because of all the drugs. Guess what you'll find in the next place? Drugs. You say, oh, it's the alcohol. Oh, if I could just get away from, uh, from, from, from that one bar, I get away from that one store. Friend, there'll be one in the next place. What you need is you need Jesus. And what you need is victory that comes from Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. But alcohol is destroying lives. Can I tell you, people are not doing well without Jesus. People are perishing. People are lost. People are hopeless. Immorality is destroying lives. Adultery, pornography, homosexuality. These, these, these sins of, of lust and perversion are destroying men and women and boys and girls and families and communities. And I want to tell you, people need Jesus because they are in a predicament. They are perishing without God and without hope. It was Jonathan Edwards who preached during the Great Awakening, the 1700s. He preached a sermon that really we, we know of today as one of the catalysts for that Great Awakening. But he preached a sermon in monotone. He read the whole sermon from his, his text, from, from his, his, his pages. 
But as he preached, he described the predicament of souls without Jesus. And he described that if a person does not know Christ as their Savior, they are literally dangling over a fire. They're literally, they're dangling over the flames of an eternal hell, hanging on only to a spider web, hanging on only to a tiny little thread that at any moment could be burned, at any moment could be cut, at any moment could drop, and that they would be in eternity, in hell forever without Jesus. Friend, I want to tell you, that's the way we need to see people. That's the way we need to see this community. That's the way we need to see the people that we pass every day and realize that people are in a predicament. They need Jesus because they are perishing and Jesus is the only way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, Jesus is the only way. He's not just the best way. He's not just a good way. He's not just an option. He is the only way that a person can be saved. So what do we do about it? Number six, I see the plan. Jesus had a plan. He said in verse number 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, we can sit around all day and we can talk about the problem. And that's what a lot of Christians do. Don't, let's be honest, don't we? Oh, no. Wonder what we're going to do. Oh, no, somebody's got to do something. <laughs> Some, maybe some of you, that describes your workplace. Everybody just sitting around talking about it, nobody doing anything. But I want to tell you, Jesus presented a problem. He said, the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are few. But Jesus then presents a plan. He says, there is a way that we can solve this problem. There is a way that we can reach these people. He said, I'm going to send forth laborers. I'm going to send workers. I'm going to send people that can share the gospel. People that have been saved. They know the good news. They can take it to somebody else. You see, I believe that God is still sending laborers. You say, well, we don't see a lot of laborers. I think about some of you have been in church for so many years. And I think about how much you've seen uh, Miss uh, Drew and Brother Bab and Miss Justice and others that you've been in church a long time. You've been involved in ministry for a long time. And maybe there have been some times where you've seen people called to the mission field. You've seen people called to preach or you've seen people called to serve God. And we say, well, how come that's not happening a lot anymore? First of all, it is still happening. But you say, why isn't it happening as much as it used to? Well, it could be that God's not calling anymore. But based upon Matthew 9, I don't think that's true because the harvest is still plenteous. There are still people that need the Lord. There are still people that need to be reached. The second reason, I think, is the real reason. God is still calling, but people are not answering the call. Isaiah 6, 8, Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah answered and said, Lord, here am I. Would you please use me? 
Would you please send me? I'm available. God, would you please pick me? I want to tell you God has a plan, and we ought to be involved in that plan. We ought to go and tell people. We ought to give so others can go. And then lastly, number seven, here's part of the plan. It says in verse 38, the first word of verse 38, what's the word? Pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. But did you know every one of us ought to be willing to go? And every one of us ought to be willing to give so others can go. But every one of us ought to be committed to pray for more laborers. I'll close with this illustration. On Wednesday nights, we have our prayer meeting and Bible study, and we'll, we'll have a prayer list. And on that prayer list, we'll have prayer requests that people have called in or they have, they, they've texted or they've emailed or they've handwritten, and we'll compile all those. But some churches, I remember we used to do this in Geneseo, but some churches will, uh, on the spot, just in the service, they'll say, all right, who's got a prayer request? And somebody will raise their hand and say, pray for uh, my brother or pray for my neighbor or pray for my job situation or pray for... And they'll, they'll have prayer requests. Can you imagine if we were having a prayer meeting and Jesus walked in? I'm not trying to be spooky. I believe, I believe Jesus shows up every time we have church when the word of God is preached and when we pray and we gather together and worship him. I believe Jesus shows up. But imagine if Jesus walked in and, and I'm talking about in human form, physical form. We, we said, wow. There's Jesus. Well, first of all, we wouldn't be standing on our feet. I guarantee you, we'd be on our faces. And I'll tell you another thing. I know he'd be preaching that day. It wouldn't be me or any of you. It'd be Jesus. But if Jesus walked in and he, he sat on the pew and we were calling for prayer requests and we had prayer requests, we were taken from the floor and we were jotting them down and imagine if Jesus raised his hand. Can you imagine if we said, yes, Lord, what would you like for us to pray for? What's your prayer request? I'll tell you what it would be. Because he gave it in Matthew 9, 38. He said, I want you to pray that God would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, friend, I want to tell you, we're commanded to pray for that. But it's hard to pray for somebody else to do something that you're not willing to do. And Jesus was talking to his disciples who were already doing it. And he said, I'll tell you what we need, guys. He said, we need some more laborers. And I want you to pray that God would send more laborers. There's a couple things I want to say about it. One is it's important because Jesus said it. If Jesus said pray, I don't need to know why. I just need to pray. But secondly, it's important because I know this. Prayer still works. You say, well, pastor, how are we going to reach souls? I know we're going to reach some in our area just by doing what we've been doing. And I hope we will. I think we need to do more of it. But how are we going to reach souls in other cities? And how are we going to reach souls in other countries? We can give. And we can pray. And when we pray, can I tell you, that's when God works. And that's when God moves. And that's when God speaks to hearts. 
And that's when people get burdened to obey the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.